Hey, what's going on guys? Chili Willy here, aka Rough Stuff. Today's episode of Music Legends, as you can tell from the title, is not part of the Miles Davis series. I actually had the opportunity to interview a local band here in Seattle called Flying Fish Cove. We hosted it in person at a local record shop called Seattle Records. So yeah, this is the first of many. We're thinking about doing a lot more uh, interviews with local musicians through the record store, but I thought I might as well also release the interviews through Music Legends. Now, if you're listening to this and you happen to be a local Seattle musician, uh, I also host an open mic night through Seattle Records every first Friday of the month. So uh, yeah, come on out. We'd love to see you. Now, a couple of brief things before we get into the actual interview. Uh, my apologies in advance for any sound issues you may hear. Uh, this was the first interview that we did at the record shop, so we're still working out some audio kinks. Um, also, again, huge thanks to Dina and Jake of Flying Fish Cove. It was so much fun talking with you, and uh, I do hope you guys can swing by again during your next album cycle or whenever the heck you want to. Um, yeah, I'll put all the links to their social media, their band camp, their website, streaming services, all that good stuff is going to be in the show notes. Um, definitely check out their merch. I'm going to grab some for myself. They've got some super cool designs, which Dina actually makes herself. She's a visual artist as well as a musician, um, which we'll get into during the actual interview. So yeah, with that said, here's me with Flying Fish Cove. Enjoy, you guys. Meet me in the green desk, I'll show you. All right, what's going on, guys? My name is Chili Willie, and I am here at Seattle Records with Flying Fish Cove. We have Dina and we have Jake with us. Hi. And uh, yeah, thanks for being here, guys. It's really great having you. So I want to get into a lot of stuff today. Seattle, what it's like being a musician in Seattle in this day and age. I want to get into, of course, your music, your songwriting, uh, the sonic uh, kind of yeah, just the way that your, your, your visual art, you know, intertwines with your music. But I want to start out with the band name because Flying Fish Cove is a pretty sick band name, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you. Where did that come from? Uh, it's the name of a like an island part of Christmas or an area part of Christmas. Right. Island, yeah, I was looking it up. Um, I just had a friend reference it once and I it's just stuck with me and then when we were coming up with a name for this band, I had a list and it was the first one on the list. And, you know, a few people were like, that's a really magical sounding name. And I was like, I think you're right. And also I had a band in the past that had a really difficult name to say and spell. And so it was very important to me to have a band name that was easy to say. <laughs> totally. It, it does like roll off the tongue, I think, you know, just like any, you know, anything with like the first letter, you know, like Flying Fish Cove, it's, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's something really rolling off the tongue about it. Yeah, you and just like know you have a bad band name if you have to spell it for people and they're still like, what? <laughs> so it was really important to me to not do that again. <laughs> what, can I ask what the, the band name was? My old band, which I started in like 2010, a long time ago, um, was called Eloin and it was Spanish. But it's like an obscure Spanish word, too, that even like a lot of Spanish speakers don't really know it. But I just wow. learned it from because I used to have an app that would tell me Spanish word of the day. And it meant soot. And I really liked it. That's but awesome. I, I, my bandmate was had a mom that was a native Spanish speaker. And she was like, that means dirty hole for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what was the vibe of that band? Was it? more i feel like it's a very punk band name <laughs> was it more punk oriented or was it uh what was the vibe i would say it's actually still pretty similar to this band but it definitely was a little punkier um it was a little more rough around the edges it's definitely more rough around the edges and like the recordings weren't as high quality so they don't like um what's the word they didn't age well <laughs> totally i mean yeah i don't know i feel like Anything that's, yeah, more recorded rough around the edges just sounds, yeah, something punk about it. Just sounds like, yeah, I don't know. I, but I, I have a soft spot for that kind of sound. Mm -hmm. Well, it was good because it's not too concerned with 
being anything, you know, for the love of doing it. Exactly. And there's something about that music too, just kind of that like first, that early kind of band music that's, I don't know, when you, your first time recording or it's not, and it's not great yeah. quality or whatever, there's an energy to it, you know, that although the sound quality isn't quite there, there's something about that, that energy. And I mean, it's getting easier and easier to record music now, like with every passing year. But back then, when, when you're first starting a band, it's like getting your songs recorded kind of seems impossible. Mm. And like this magical thing that you have no idea what to do. So even the worst, like roughest recordings ever are just such a joy to create. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like no shame in it at all at the time. Right. So, no shame now either. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And do you guys currently like, so, okay, so let's go, let's take it back a little bit. Did you, so you, ha you have a couple EPs out, a couple singles, current singles, and then your debut came out in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. And so where, where were you, did you record the, the debut? Because it sounds really good. It's, oh, it's kind of funny. Thank you. Um, it's kind of funny because I didn't know that the record was going to end up on vinyl. Like, we, you know, I pitched it to labels with hopes, but um, wasn't sure if it was going to happen. And so if I had known it was going to happen, I probably would have gone to a studio. But because I didn't know, um, we did it at, mostly at our house and our friend, other half of it was at our house and the other half was at another friend's house. Yeah, we built some studios. Really? Yeah, we like basically said, made our own studio. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like you said, it's getting easier and easier, easier to record things and, and actually have them sound good. It, yeah. is, it takes more work with the mixing process, though, to make a home recording sound as good as a, like a high-tech studio recording. So that's, I remember when you were mixing, because he did a lot of the mixing, it was just like, it was a little frustrating because it's like, oh, if we had been in a nicer studio, the drums would be, the mics would be better. It would be in a better placement. And it's like things can sound better <laughs> coming into the microphone the way they are. And then you already have something that sounds good or you can just get it. And then you can spend hours and hours and hours crafting it after the fact. Tweaking it. Small yeah, little tweaks. We, we built a studio at our practice space, recorded half the album in like a week and then we did the other half at our friend's house in his practice space so crazy <laughs> and then yeah put it together we just i don't know it yeah, took a mixed, long time digital you mixed half of it too and and our bandmate at the time jacob that's right he's jake there's a jacob and he <laughs> mixed the other half so yeah it was almost all done in-house <laughs> <laughs> that's wild yeah i never would have thought that and okay so what was the biggest challenge would you say with with making that and recording that album mm. hmm. i mean definitely the mixing i remember was like a struggle like just it's well the thing is everything that i make with music tends to have a lot of tracks it's just i like having a lot of auxiliary stuff and like lots of background vocals there's tons of background but like backing vocals on this record and like little things, you know, like shakers or little keyboards or like flute or like, so it's just a lot to mix in and get, get right. Um, and like making corrections on like, oh, the drums weren't recorded as well as we would have liked. So like fixing that. Um, I also remember uh, I would lose my voice a lot because I'm a teacher and the combination of being a teacher and a singer and like playing shows and I just remember I would, and then recording vocals, my voice would wear out. So that was hard sometimes. Totally. That's, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. So you guys, you both have like full-time jobs as well mm -hmm. as being musicians. Yeah. How, like what, so what do you do, Jake? I work for an AV company. Um, okay. We do events at like hotels and conferences and stuff like that. Oh, okay. That's cool. And so, I used to work in a bar making burritos. Nice. Before that, yeah. That was a, a little more of a rock and roll job, but totally, <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, and, and it's like one of those jobs, like you know, you got everybody's got to do it once, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I guess that like the AV kind of like really, uh, it, it, would you say it like it helps assist in your like your music or it like I don't know does it? No, does it, I would say just having music experience 
let me get in on the job. Mm. Just like kind of understanding audio signal flow and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. So you got, you definitely like, you got into the music before the AV. Yeah. We had a friend who worked there and he was telling me about it and I was told Jake he should apply. And Jake was like a little hesitant, was like, I'm not qualified. I'm like, if you know how to record a band, I think you can set up microphones at a hotel conference. Like, yeah. Yeah, projectors like, and such. Like, yeah, like here, here's our, yeah. here's our album. This is my, my resume. Check it out. A lot of people do have resumes like that. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But he's also set up like, he set up like video screens at the ba- is it the baseball field? Where is that? I'm at the. What is it called? The Lumen Field, the Seattle Sounders. Oh, nice. Like, up, you know, the, there'll be this, like, wraparound screen that plays commercials on it. Like, a, like he set, he'll yeah, set the up sideline, the LED video wall. screens for that. Like, Whoa. big events. Whoa. Okay. So, that's cool. So, so then, I guess, same question for you then, Dina. Like, how would, would you say that, like, teaching, I mean, other, I mean, of course, like, you're dealing with, like, losing your voice. But would you say it benefits the music in any way? Um, definitely because I don't know, like childlike sense of wonder is like a big part of everything that I care about. So mm-hmm. it has, it's related to my song lyrics, the way that I like to see the world, the art that I make. And so it's definitely part of why I work with kids. I think it's all interconnected in who I am and what I do. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I'd love to talk more about that. And just because, yeah, your, your lyrics are like, very they have this sense of childlike wonder and yeah it totally brought me back like to that like time when i was just like figuring things out and like just playing with toys especially like i feel like there's on the debut there's definitely a few songs that i heard this kind of like almost toy sounding like xylophone oh yeah i think there's a glockenspiel on some songs yeah that, that was wild. It just brought me back to that like time of my life. And I was like, yeah, I, I didn't know I needed this in my life <laughs> kind of thing, you know? And, but yeah, I just, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm curious like where that inspiration comes from. Are there like students in your class that, you know, that you take inspiration from or is it just a general type thing or? Um, I think it's more general. Um, Cause I've been, I feel like my art and music has been like this even bef- since before I was a teacher, but, yeah, and that's what kind of led me to discovering that I wanted to work with kids. Cause I also, I used to work in like coffee shops and restaurants and I was like unhappy as I was like getting a little older and tired of doing that. And, and then I was like, I think I want to work with kids because like the kind of art and music and the way that I like to view the world and. I don't know, it just made sense to me. So I think it's more the other way, but um, I don't know. Probably in some subtle way it does. I just can't think of how to frame it on that. Totally. So that's crazy. So then how did you, how exactly did you get into like to to teaching and like kind of just that field? Um, So I should say I'm a preschool teacher. Okay. Specify that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, you're you're a college professor. I was just going through like, I like, I was working at this restaurant and I really hated it and I felt kind of abused Mm -hmm. and I like, I quit and I knew I just didn't want to work at a restaurant or a cafe anymore and I had enough savings that I could not work for a month or two and figure my life out and while I was in that phase, I had just joined another band at the time that's not this one. And there was a bandmate I met through that project and she worked at the preschool. And I, I what I would do is I, anytime I met someone new, I just ask them like, what do you do? Like, tell me about your job. And like, are they hiring? <laughs> and so, and I, cause I knew I wanted to work with, either with kids or people with disabilities. Um, and she happened to work with kids at this preschool. And so I was, and she's like, yeah, we're hiring and you should apply. And so that's how that happened. Kind that's of similar awesome. to him. Like, I did the same thing where I was just like, I would just ask around, like, what do you do? Like, I mean, to friends, like people that it's not weird to ask that. And um, yeah, we had a friend that worked at this AV company and I was like, oh, Jake, you should do that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, I feel like I definitely, like, I definitely feel like 
I don't know, like just having that, like putting that energy out there and like just putting like kind of a good vibe out there of, of, you know, whatever you want to do, like it, it'll eventually like happen, you know, mm-hmm. but I guess more along with the, with the music then is like, I feel like there's a lot of also, and specifically like your lyrics as well, because there's a lot of like, I don't know, characters like in, in some of your songs, like, I mean, I feel like they're listening just as a listener. I feel like there's a lot of characters and, or they're kind of more like based around like more like general experiences too. Like you were saying that just like childlike wonder, but you know, songs like, like, what is it? Uh, Cammy, Cammy the Camry, right? Oh yeah. I didn't write that one. Oh, Our bassist really? wrote that one. He's the okay. one singing it, but okay. I did do like backing on it. Okay. And then, so, let's see what else like has like a character like sylvie oh um, yeah that one's kind of funny uh that one was based off the cartoon muzzy which i (laughs) thought i saw you have in the shop actually yeah (laughs) have you heard of it um yeah i just saw like commercials in the 90s for that all the time and was like always curious about it (laughs) and then one day as an adult i looked for the video online and watched it and i loved it (laughs) i just loved the animation style it's very 90s and it's there's like a princess on roller skates and this like mouse who's a gardener and he's in love with the princess. It's very, it's also very like Aladdin-y to me. Like it's very like, oh, this like poor boy likes the princess and there's like a bad guy who's trying to get power from the king and, but it's very trippy too. Like there's a point when he, the bad guy accidentally clones the princess and makes a hundred of them and they're all skating around the screen. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrote a song just that was just lyrics inspired by that cartoon. Huh. Well, not completely, but for the most part. Yeah, loose, loosely based. Loosely. Right <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So I, also, I just wanted to also talk about the, the instrumentation on the debut. Again, like that, that glockenspiel. Um, yeah, a lot of like just like string instruments. What was the like? I should mention there's an omni chord on almost every song and and even outside of this album, <laughs> almost every song we include my omnichord in some way. Whoa, what is an yeah, omnichord? Do you know about the omnichord? Uh-uh. Oh, I should have brought it. Um, it's an electric auto harp from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, That's it's wild. And actually, the they're Suzuki. very popular right now. I'm kind of worried that they're going to be so hard to come by. They're already getting more expensive because they were made in the 80s and 90s. And they're like on the new Beach House album. You'll hear one. Um, so yeah, picture kind of like something about the size of a baby. <laughs> All right. Um, it's a flat. It's like I guess it's audio. It's hard to describe, but look up a picture of an omnicord. Um, it's kind of shaped like an egg, but a bit longer. It's like a flat egg, and there's little buttons that you press for the which keys. You can get major, you can get minor, you can get seventh, and then you have this electronic touch sensor pad that you strum up and down on, and it goes. <laughs> and and does it only make kind of the, the arpeggio or like can you do like anything it just plays like up and down the chord so you can like tap it you can make it sound like a piano hit or you can right. strum it like it's a auto harp or a guitar he actually used the piano setting on cammy the camry and a toy piano too but the one that sounds like a real piano is actually an omnichord, yeah. and I was so impressed that he made it. sounds like a real piano on that song. It's wild. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> Are there still kind of things that you're finding out about the omnichord and just like I think so. exploring? <laughs> yes. That's right. He actually opened, mine was starting to break, and he opened it up recently to help me fix it. It's pretty uh, old, so <laughs> um, all the dust and oils from your fingers get in there, and you have to clean out the contact points. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, hey, props, props for like going in there. That's a dirty, yeah. dirty job. I was scared to do it. I, I, I had to do a lot of research before I opened up. it up because I remember opening up like a calculator one time and all the buttons fell out and I didn't know what to do. Yeah, I looked up the <laughs> yeah. model that I have a weird model too, and it was like eight hundred dollars online. So I'm like, if we break it, <laughs> yeah, I used to open up everything as a kid. Like I had never had any clue what I would do to fix something that was broken, but I always would like get a screwdriver and open it up and see if I could figure out what was wrong with it. I'm getting better at that now, starting to understand, but yeah, I used to just with no plan at all, like, okay, it's broken. So I'll just, I'll open it and see if I can see what's broken. Totally. Totally. That's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's just like, just being willing to like fix it, you know, or just being like, you know, open-minded, like 
feel like most of the time like it works out it's like it's oh my, yeah that's it my it's next just um my next purchase i think is going to be a soldering iron kit and some diy guitar pedal kits so you can i can learn some electronics there you go do some soldering and uh, build some guitar pedals soldering irons and kits are like i mean you would never think you need one but they come in handy at the most crucial moments you know if you like music uh, there's a lot of times that a soldering iron will help you exactly That's totally true. now okay so are, so i guess is there any instruments in particular that are like very inspiring to you currently or is it still is it still very much the the omni chord um we've been we putting had a, flutes like, on everything oh yeah we like flute um mm, what were you gonna say well there's a keyboard we've been wanting to get and nice. our friend has this keyboard and it's i love it and we tried to order one and it's like so in high demand it's hard to get and so bring kind of because i i do think i want to move away and do less guitar in the future and do more keyboard playing really but don't have a good one yet so still figuring that out because the one we wanted is not easy to get right now so what's what's the the going rate on ebay or or where were you looking yeah at? i don't the, even think it's on ebay because it, like it's it's new. out of stock and it's sold it's out like and nobody's selling keyboard, it so whoa yeah do you know what um, it's, it's called? called the yamaha reface cs yamaha made these kind of small like 32 key or whatever 30 key keyboards i love that the are just, size of it too it's just yeah. like like a nice like just like portable size. analog synths and yeah. ones that are modeled after electric pianos like Wurlitzer style that's super nice and it it just has when my friend was playing it it just has this very like 80s synthesizer synthetic sound to it a lot it. of dreamy sounds like dreamy 80s like bells and chimes and and that's, that's what it was cool. like i was like ah. yeah yeah that's super cool especially like yeah especially we'll find one eventually those kind of presets too they do have kind of like this fun 80s sound because mm -hmm. I mean, you could go, you could get like a real chime too, you know. Do the, we the have analog, one. you know. I think we have a. Have you done that? We have some chime bells, the kind that you slide your finger across. I think there's probably one on every album at least. Oh yeah, and we've done songs totally. too where it's like, a, I don't know what you call it when you synthesize it on the computer. We're like, it's like a saxophone that you did through the computer, but yeah, it's like not. a MIDI sample. There's no real saxophone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not afraid of the synthesized oh, I instruments love corny <laughs> sounding stuff actually on um, bob and sylvie my friend had like a little like yamaha keyboard that was like the size of the casio sk1 and it had like trumpet voice and that's what we used it and it's i love that sound so much it sounds like very cartoonish to me yeah yeah there's like kind of a weird abruptly out of place sounding horn solo the keyboard solo that just it's like these weird little bump 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 brup 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 sounds is that the I mean, That's I mean, the one you're talking about. It's melodic to me. It is melodic, but it's it's do, not do, anywhere do, else do, on the album. Do, 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 do. You're like six, three or four songs in, and all of a sudden you hear this this brand new computer horn. I love it. And yeah, I love it too <laughs> because I think that's one of the things that makes your music, in particular, like very unique. Oh. Is thanks. is yeah, there are all these just fascinating sounds that make me like what instrument is that you know i find new things every time i listen to a certain song or whatever new instruments are different you know although it is like you know like old you know kind of like indie indie pop it's it's just it's got so many different elements that you wouldn't expect and it has like this cartoon kind of you know element that 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 intertwines with those characters so yeah it's it was it was it's very unique. Thank but you. We usually just start with the guitars and yeah, we do. Ba yeah, we do a basic rock an, format in the beginning. But then we spend a lot of time just coming up with the flavor for each song. Nice. Now and there's no formula. You know, it's new yeah, every, every time. song is different. Um. Yeah. I mean, we, we most of our songs have the rock format in the beginning, and then all the auxiliary stuff that we add later is different. One thing that's part. kind of maybe interesting to think about is that we always. Um, call friends to send in some remote recordings from <laughs> far away really we have a lot of, we like to put a lot of guest features on the albums nice like on, this, on the lp well my friend uh lydian did guest vocals on a lot of the songs oh okay and then our friend jade and then we have Greta Klein from Frankie Cosmos did backup vocals on two songs. So that was really awesome. <laughs> on the debut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wild. How did you, uh, I guess, build that relationship? How did that kind of happen? 
Jake was in a band called Ihi for years. Ihi is another Ihi Seattle has music toured band. with Frankie, so okay. we became yeah, friends through that. And then we just um, selfishly and friendly asked Greta to come over one day and mm-hmm. say, can you sing a couple lines on our album that we're making? And she was cool. She said yes. Truly a collaborative effort. That's rad. Yeah, no, it's it, it's cool. Like something like, yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, like basic rock format to start with, but usually do like, do lyrics come first or like do, do, do the guitars or yeah, the instrumentation comes first? Um, So I usually write the like bare bones song first and I would say lyrics come first but it's so close that it's almost the same time that i do that like Mm. i usually have like a little demo version that's just on my acoustic guitar and me singing and then i'll at the time so we used to be a bigger band and so i would bring it to the band and then we would flush it out now it's just me and jake so we flush it out (laughs) yeah totally is it is it easier just being a two-piece now or is it more challenging I would say it's easier, which is part of why we did it. Um, and like, just because of the sheer, like the smaller number of human lives at stake. Yeah, it's I mean, a lot we easier. had bandmates, yeah. and and they just had other projects they wanted to focus on, and like one was moving away. And I've just had so many bandmates over the years with my different bands and stuff too that I was just kind of tired of like seeking out the new relationships, and and it's really fun but it's a lot of work and I just kind of wanted to focus on the music more. And so, and and not take up someone else's time either, mm-hmm. if, unless they really wanted to. Although we have had people, it's funny when we played as a duo, we haven't played a show in a minute, but when we played as a duo in 2020, I'd had people come up to us and offered a drum for us because we had a drum machine. And I was like, oh, I might take you up on the offer, but I really want to try out this two-person thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Because it's just nice because we can practice. Like, you don't have to deal with other people's practice schedules and or if someone's, like, in a bad mood that day. Like, it's just a lot more relaxed. And and because we work full-time, too, it just was like, oh, this is just so nice. So we we can just practice in our bedroom, and it's very chill. Yeah, yeah, super just, like, natural and... Yeah, it. I always, I always say that having a band is like having, you know, four, five, however many are in the band, different partners. You know, it really is like a marriage. You have to, you know, it's you're kind yeah. of feeding off each other's energy. And like you said, like you know, it's it's hard. It's fun, but it's hard. And uh, and it's also rare for it to be equally everybody's investment. You know, the project is a lot of times you're asking more of some people than others. Or yeah, right. I've been on many you tours know. too. And I've never been on a tour where every single person is happy to be on tour, even <laughs> though it's like a consensual thing that like it's not like anyone's forcing anyone to be on tour. But I think some people go on tour and then they're there and they're like, oh, this, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And like, I'm homesick and like, I don't really like sleeping on the floor if I have to sleep <laughs> on the floor. Like, You're also very conscious of other people's feelings. You don't want anybody to feel put out. So, yeah, I don't like when people feel I would bad. say that <laughs> even if point. they are having a good time it still feels like it's on us, you know? I was super excited before the pandemic started because we were going to do our first tour as just us. And I was so excited because I just hadn't been on a tour where everyone's having a good time. Right. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> so don't know. Like, I might not well, have had a good time. I, we always have a good time. So I knew it would be fun. <laughs> it's almost like a vacation. Just the two of you, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, playing music. Yeah. Speaking just... of tours, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, you haven't, nobody has really been on tour since like this year really Mm -hmm. and there's still some that are being canceled unfortunately but do you guys have any any uh upcoming plans to 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 actually make that tour happen just to you man we haven't even played a show in a minute i'm sorry i probably should have warned you that about us we're kind of become more of the recording band right now but um it's more more getting back into playing shows in general that is like the goal i guess of our future um we got asked to play in olympia this spring so we'll probably do that and that that might be that might be our first comeback show unless we get offered something i've also been being picky like we've been offered shows but i've just been very picky and like 
I'm like, I don't really want to play at a bar with a bunch of random bands. Like, I want whatever our comeback is going to be to be very meaningful. We got two offers in the fall this year that I said yes to, but then they got canceled or, like, didn't happen for whatever reason because those were, like, they were at places I was excited to play with, bands I was excited to play with. Now, that being said, if I could book my own show, you know, intentionally, I could make it happen. It's just... For some reason, I want it to come to me, <laughs> but I have lots of experience booking, so I could book my own dream show if I wanted to. I know that I could, but long story I don't short, know. is we're waiting to come out of retirement, yeah, pandemic retirement until right. the, the moment is right. Right, totally. Aren't but we, we all? still are a recording we kind of miss, band. We used to have such a a good uh, scene going, you know, and totally. it got so splintered. I don't know. Yeah, we love. I don't know where our friends shows. are. Like oh, house yeah. shows were my jam and like those are not really back. So totally. it's really hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I'll play this like dirty bar. <laughs> I love playing like houses or I like playing outdoors, but mm. there's in Seattle doesn't really do that very much. But if, right, yeah, if especially there is during a the way, winter. Yeah, right? not in the winter. But. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some cool, cool outdoor shows you guys can I'm hit. I'm sure this will be yeah. the big summer. Yeah, right. Big yeah, our comeback. friend Joe Wayne used to have a festival at Volunteer Park every summer. Cool. But he didn't do it the summer before the pandemic hit because they started doing construction on that stage. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, yep. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to be when that stage is done. It might be hard. I don't to... think that stage is going to be done until like the end of the summer this year, probably because. I was so annoyed about that construction project because it happened that's like the one outdoor stage in seattle that's like near here and yeah. it's like you took it away and this is the time when outdoor <laughs> shows would be so needed yeah totally and it was just very low-key i feel like it was easy to book there because it's pr pretty much just a cement wall i think you just <laughs> have to outlets. get <laughs> you have to get some sort of event permit from the parks mm. system but they're then... making it super fancy now so i i'm kind of wondering if even you could do a Joe Wayne stock again, you know, like it might be harder to get in because it might be a bigger waiting list to do mm. an event there. Whenever he'll, it does. He'll open. figure it out. He's a crafty guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope he, yeah, I hope, I hope he'll put it together. together. That would be awesome. Sitting out in the field in the summertime, like in the grass, everybody's got oh. their blankets and their picnic baskets and their dogs. And it's perfect. It's heaven. Just get 20 bands play all day long. It's like just the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I definitely miss festivals and just, yeah, seeing shows in general. But, um, yeah, so what would that dream, like, like lineup be? Would that be the, the Joe Wayne Fest? Or would, what would it be? What oh, would it look I like? mean, absolutely. We would Joe, definitely say Wayne yes for a Joe would Wayne be great, <laughs> But um, I really, I don't know, maybe this is not cool, but I just really like playing with my friends' bands. Like, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's... That's honestly pretty heavenly as well. Mm -hmm. Now, what was, I mean, you've been on tour before, right? Like you've been on lots of tours. What's been like the, the most memorable tour experience thus far? Usually they're all, let's get in the, the, they're the, the pretty, nitty gritty. We they're want pretty the nitty bad gritty. memories. We got, to, well, <laughs> really? we got to play with Harry the and the Potters um, in San Francisco at Bottom of the Hill. And that was really awesome. Bottom of the Hill is a venue that's it's got to be been it's, around since the eight, yeah, early 80s or so. Yeah, it's a legendary rock club. It has and a million punk punk show flyers for every band that you've ever heard of that became famous. They were all playing there. So wild. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, what else? I haven't thought about those tours in a minute. So the okay, memory we can, we can, wheel's kind of rusty. Um, the Ihi band played in, a, played in the mouth of a crystal cave tourist site that was no longer run by the city it was a privately owned and no longer running cave tourist spot and so we played a show in the um like the visitor center that has the mouth to the cave right in the room right there whoa um but that was a really bad show i'll say because <laughs> it was put on by some people who uh put on a really cool show but that nobody came out to so we played to nobody which is not a problem for a show but then we were all going to go to sleep there and we were sleeping in the cave in our sleeping bags what? and one musician who was playing the show showed up at like 11 p.m the show was over but he was late he like missed the whole show 
and he's like well i can can i still play i'll play for you guys right is it cool if i still play we were in our sleeping bags like (laughs) well the show's over i don't think anybody's we actually just kind of want to go to bed though and he's like no hold on i'm just gonna play real quick and it'll be good and then we'll all just hang out and um his this was a solo set that involved uh looping pedals and trumpets and guitars and so he was playing trumpets in our face (laughs) while we were in our sleeping bags with our eyes closed like i don't know if even the even the like thickness of a good sleeping bag can't and protect I'm not, you from a trumpet I'm not going to say the name of this artist but if you're out there I don't hate you this that was a, <laughs> a you didn't read our body language yeah, we well at all him. hey that's that's off awesome. I mean props props I would be I would I would definitely <laughs> such not a be funny as... story once you get through the hell of living through it it's the funniest thing ever I mean yeah yeah exactly exactly um yeah things always seem funnier in hindsight than when you're just like trying to sleep. Um, let me think of a good Flying Fish Coves tour. We played at a really fun um, bowling alley. Bowling oh, yeah. alley show. I was That's okay. Cool. It was in was that it was in Ohio. Was that in Cleveland? Yep, I think you're right. Or, yeah. Okay. So what is that called? I don't remember. It was a bowling alley that does shows, and they had kind of vintage bowling two alley. stage areas. And we played in one, but I saw the other one where I guess they have bigger bands play. I was like, oh, I wish we could have played there because there was. Like yeah. neon lights all over, that and one like might have disco, been fun. disco ball, and like Whoa. mirrors everywhere. I was like, "Why didn't we play on that <laughs> stage?" But it was still really cool, and we got to bowl for free. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's worth it for sure. Just there, just the free bowling. Yeah. Um, also, we played San Luis Obispo, which was not a great show because there's just not a lot of people that young people that go to shows there that I could tell. Maybe there is, and I it just didn't seem like it, but. Um, or maybe our show wasn't advertised well, but I'm mentioning it because it was just so pretty there and we got to go to Morrow Bay on that trip mm. and Morrow Bay was so pretty. <laughs> it was one of the prettiest places I've ever been, like the, really? be- the beach and like cliffside area there. And we got to go to this one park where there's these giant egrets with their nests in the trees and we got to like watch them. It, they were like dinosaur birds. <laughs> So that's one of my favorite tour memories. That's wild. I've, yeah, I've definitely like, I know you're talking about those birds, those giant dinosaurs. Jurassic Park. Yeah, totally. Those are wild. Where's, where's one place that you'd love to go? We were going to go to San Diego on our tour that got canceled in 2020. And so I've never been, so I was really excited about that one. So maybe someday again. Oh, and like we've played LA before, but. I was really excited about our LA show that we had for 2022 <laughs> also. So I hope someday again that we can play LA. <laughs> yeah, you will. Where, where in LA? What what venue? What was it called? Um, I think it was Highland. I feel like it was like Highland Ballroom I, hmm. or something like that. You hear that, people? Highland <laughs> well, Ballroom. Maybe they'll book us again. Yeah, in Highland Park. I don't remember. Let's go. Well, we didn't do it. <laughs> oh, and we played in Joshua Tree, but the, Ooh. that show was not good. Another, another we only have, show. <laughs> we have a lot of bad ones, memories. but we have good ones too. Well, we got booked to play at a cowboy bar in Joshua nice. Tree. The sound person kept turning everyone down. <laughs> the point of that book, we kind of got booked fraudulently, I think, for that show in that they wanted, um, you know, bar acts that can just play for two hours straight and just keep the house moving. I don't think they but wanted instead, amplifiers either, so they instead, were just really like, like three punk and indie bands just on tour got booked, and everybody was like, "Well, we're just gonna play our set. It's like thirty minutes, but we'll try to make it longer." And then, yeah, the uh, sound person there was going on stage during the bands and turning the amps down. Yeah, trying to turn them all the way off. Simultaneously, <laughs> simultaneously yelling at us for doing like not what they wanted, but also telling us we have to keep playing or else we're not going to get paid. So anyways, it might be nice to play Joshua Tree again at a different spot. Joshua Tree is a great place, but we were just not the right fit. And that's on us. Yeah, Joshua Tree is like a beautiful. Like I would just love to go camping there. You know? Yeah. It's just like the desert, you know, something about something about the desert. But we have some friends out there in a band called Banny Grove and they have a, a little homestead that they built out in Landers out in the desert. Really? Near the city. Yeah. Oh, dang. Hey, you gotta stay out there. Yep, stay out there. Like, play a different venue with 
with also like it's it's wild to me to for that bands play to like two hours like that's a long time like i mean yeah it's a totally different out. kind of especially if it's like music performance yeah a lot of pop stars have to get surgery on their vocal cords at some point because totally. they just their throat gets i call that out. you know being in a working band totally different thing yeah yeah a working band with the with the air quotes i hope they get right? paid for it like if they are paying those bands what they paid us for that show for actually like busting their ass for two hours that's not enough money mm. <laughs> i think we got enough money to play a 30 minute um indie band set yeah yeah totally yeah that's 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 hard too it's like is is like that's that's definitely one thing that's like that's big for me is that like you know is that the musicians need to be paid much more you know out here times are tough mm-hmm. you know so we, we all have uh full-time jobs and uh you know that's why I don't want to go deep on the the inspiration and and you know if if your jobs are like it serve as any inspiration but unfortunately no it's I would say our art is the escape from the the reality of having jobs yeah you know? yeah totally Dina's a world creator I don't know if you've seen her drawings and paintings but I think yeah. the music the lyrics and the art are just really connected to me as an observer same here <laughs> thank you yeah Do, are there any um, kind of like uh of your drawings that that are part of that world or like that music i mean or are they like they're in the same world or how does um, that work because you do the the album covers as well right For, um, like your 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 art is the the album covers I'm trying to remember this yeah. this one was a collaboration the uh, debut yes jake totally. actually did the collage although i made embellishments to it and then I drew the like flowers and the animals. Yeah, Dina did all this. Our bassist did the text. She did all this on the back as well. Um, mm. There's not that much of my art, but it's a little bit, a little flavor. Yeah, um, just National Geographic photos. I don't think <laughs> I've done art that's like fully connected to the music exactly. I did play with the idea once of making. I didn't end up doing it, but I thought about making an illustration book of the song Manticore. I remember I started it, but I didn't end up going with it. But I was like, but that song was so visual that I could have. Like, I was like playing with the idea because I was like, every line in it could be a picture. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another thing, like as a listener that, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, the imagery is like huge. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. It's like very visual. It definitely paints a picture kind of music. And it's sort of like. A thousand pictures a minute, you know. I do yeah, wanna exactly. Make, I do want to make an illustrated book. That's like one of mm. my dreams, and so you are making me remember that I could, because the hard part for me is like the subject of like writing it, because I can write songs, but writing a book is like way more daunting to me, and like not knowing what to write. But I'm like, oh yeah, I can use my song lyrics as kind of a basis for illustrating a book, and so. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> Anytime. Yep. Yeah, totally. That sounds like a pretty cool dream. Like, I mean, well, yeah, just just a book in general. I think that'd be a great, great way to like showcase your your art and that world in general. It's something I've been wanting to do. And I saw that Kyle Field from the band Little Wings has one coming out. And I was really? like, what? his is like a poetry one, I think. But I was like, I, I want to do that, that so badly. <laughs> like, I want to make a book that's visual. But it, it like it, I think it comes with a record too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. That's wow. would you guys do that same same kind of thing? That would be neat. Just have a record go with it. I hadn't thought about it, but that's a cool idea. Would I it should, would it should. be would it be instrumental on the on the record mm. or would it be songs? I don't know. Yeah, but that's a good now idea. Now we're thinking. Yeah, now we're thinking. thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, I love I love that idea as well. I'm also wearing this shirt that I designed. That I just got yesterday. Merch for my friend's band. Merch available, folks. <laughs> yeah. Go on Bandcamp. Get the merch. It's it's honestly really cool, and it's like it looks like very like well. It's it doesn't look like the kind of material that's gonna like crack in the dryer or anything. It's really nice. So that's <laughs> that's huge. Yeah, that's what I look for. Comfortable <laughs> comfortability and no cracking in the dryer. That's all we ask. Yes. <laughs> so that's awesome. Now it's Seattle Records. We got to talk a little bit about Seattle. You guys, Seattle natives, right or not? 
Uh, Not he's quite. from Olympia. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up in Olympia. So Washington um, native. Washington native. And I've lived in Seattle for maybe eight years or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a native. <laughs> Where are you from? Um, I'm from New York. And then oh, wow. I also lived in Athens, Georgia for five years before I moved here. Huh. What was that like? It was really fun. It was a really good place to live in my early 20s. And that was where I like started my first band. And people were so encouraging there. Like I just showed some people that I was friends with their recordings I had made in my house. And they're like, you should start a band. And I was like, really? And then I remember when I started a band too, I was like, I was too scared to even like sing in front of people. It took a really long time for me to like, I don't know. I remember I like, would hide while I was singing. <laughs> I didn't want people to look at me. <laughs> yeah, so totally. It, it was very transformative for me in like learning how to be a musician and and coming into who I am. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, at least like when you're like recording too, like it's easy to like hide away because you can just go in the closet and like <laughs> mm-hmm. and like especially if you're like doing home recordings, right? Yeah, actually, like... I do ask him still to leave the room because it's still some a little embarrassing for me. And plus, you can't hear the music; you only hear me mm-hmm. singing. So, you know, I always think of that Smash Mouth uh, isolated track. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know about that. No. <laughs> People have isolated his vocals, like walking on the sun or whatever and it's just really bizarre to hear it without the music (laughs) yeah oh my gosh i need to look this up (laughs) this is great okay that's okay so seattle native or washington native Mm -hmm. uh not a washington native but but you know you guys have pretty much crossed the i am not i should say i'm not a seattle native either i moved here in uh, november of 2020 where'd you move from from colorado and uh I, I just I wanted somewhere completely different, and yeah, this was this was the place. I was thinking L.A., but just did not seem like the kind of vibe, you know. Um, so yeah, hmm. like, d- like, I guess, what is what do you guys think? Because you have, I mean, both of you have been here for you know a, a, a few years now, longer than I have. What do, what do you think about like what are your thoughts on the just the Seattle music community? and the yeah the the culture the community and yeah it's a little hard with the pandemic um before the pandemic i talked a lot about um i feel like the diy music community that we are part of um it's just a huge part of our identity and like why we enjoy doing what we do and Mm. you know playing house shows with our friends for our friends you know and then with touring bands that would come through that were friends with our friends and we're making new friends through that. And um, now there's no house shows and some of our friends have moved away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a little disjointed for us now, but we still have some friends here that are awesome. And and I'm expecting to see that scene just repercolate underneath us, you know, and we'll, We'll yeah, find out I think who's there's doing a lot of the best young, stuff right now. Younger, newer bands that are popping up, like so much that I'm like, oh, I've never heard of that. Like just popping up all the time. And Seattle mm. is very conducive for bands and music and like people that are starting and trying new things. And I really appreciate that. I've thought about living in LA too, and I'm like, it would be way harder. I think I, for some reason, I get the vibe it's harder to just play a rinky dink show if you aren't a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think another thing about LA is everybody acts like a big deal, right? Everybody is like, you know, trying to be a big deal. So you have all these kind of like million dollar uh, homeless people or whatever, or like million dollars. I say, I should say like, you know, they're renting a a Lamborghini or something, Mm, you know, or they're just, they have it for the day, you know, something like that just Mm -hmm. to give that facade of, of trying to be a big deal, but because you have to fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, exactly. Wink, wink, all the way. I yeah. There's just like a few smaller venues in LA for small indie bands, and it seems like you still have to be a hotshot indie band to get booked there, and it's a little bit hard to play shows there. And I just love how it really is so easy here to play shows and mm. and on a nice stage. Um, lost my train of thought but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and there's a, there is like a ton i feel like the underground scene is is huge it's vast and it I mean, is and you know we are we were like in a, a 
a quadrant of it, you know, maybe an eighth of what's going on in the whole city. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but we had like, like an entire generation of these people that just played music. Everybody played with each other and everybody was in a hundred different bands, you know, over the course of five, 10 years. It's like a little secret society. Yeah. Just music for just like only for its own scene, for its own, just to share with your friends. And that's the best people who just couldn't survive without consistently making new art all the time. So yeah, I hope everybody's been doing okay. <laughs> There's a lot of people whose new art I have not seen in the last few years. So mm. don't know what yeah. they're up to. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I miss most about is like, we would make our music to share with people, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we have a friend's band that's coming through soon and, and she hit me up asking about places to play and I was able to think of like 30 different places that would probably take her if they're open. So I was just like, oh, really awesome. impressive to me because when I got that message, my you mind went blank and, and I, I couldn't like, think of a single show I was to like, offer. should have messaged me. I'm good at that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I Yeah, I hope that that people can just continue making making their art you know whether they're they continue being inspired because yeah it's it's hard like you know there is like a thriving i think or like there's like a a a certain like vibe that that you get when you're at a concert with other people you know as opposed to like playing for like doing a like live on instagram for instance or whatever Mm -hmm. you know it's like yeah, you're, you, you're thriving on each other's energy, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're playing for them and they're there at the same time. But when you're in front of a camera or you're just in front of like, you know, I don't know. Um, or just an Instagram post. Exactly. It's, it doesn't feel the same way, you know, even though you're still, yeah. you are still connecting with those people, though, I think. It's mm-hmm. true. Hopefully. And I mean, I love just like recording music at home and yeah, not playing shows. I mean, I miss playing the shows, but I've also enjoyed the just playing music i i've also thought about as sort of like a, a thing that everyone's a compulsive thing in a way where when you're in the momentum of just playing a lot of music yeah yeah you're it's just, a zone you're too, just gonna right? keep playing the same stuff over and over again and i love that i love in a way that everybody got a break to refresh yeah so when, yeah, when shows are back it's for, gonna be pretty full, cool to see what everybody comes back refreshed. our momentum for playing live got a little <laughs> suffered but where i think <laughs> yeah. it will come back <laughs> do you think that you're uh recording quality has has improved because of that kind of refresh or the 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 new hmm. singles um, we got some nicer equipment like we got a new microphone oh, nice. at one point the compressor yeah. microphone's nice Heck yeah and and okay so yeah i don't know i don't know if i i don't know if it's better or not but i've had more time to like dink around with the production <laughs> yeah yeah maybe to a point where it's too much i mean yeah yeah that's, what's, that's the one home recording is good because you can do whatever you want but it's also a lot it's a lot um, better in some ways to get out to a distant location and have a time limit on what you're going to work on totally yeah it's because yeah, then you get a be, snapshot you're like that's yeah. what we did that week we that's did what our EP, band sounded like we did an EP at the Unknown Studio in Anacortes in 2019 also and it's always been on my mind to do that again someday Mm. if it's if it's possible yeah that'd be awesome yeah that'd be awesome so let's see okay so i i don't know i've i've noticed too that like and and correct me if i'm if i'm like if i'm like tripping here but i feel like i've noticed a lot of people like come in the record store asking for metal or dark wave or just like a lot of like darker themed like genres would you say that's true about like, would you say, okay, one, would you say that's true? Would you like, are, uh, does kind of a darker tinged music ha- have more of a prevalence or a bigger fan base in Seattle? Or um, is that not true? And then number two, if, if it's not true, would you say Seattle has a specific sound? Right now, I have no idea if <laughs> Seattle has a specific sound yeah, because um, it's so out of like you're saying, kind of. I think disjointed. we're when I when I moved up here from Olympia, there was like I was seeing a lot of 
punk bands that I would say was like Seattle energy. I don't know if it's Seattle mm. sound, but there was a, a certain energy to it. Bands playing in Capitol Hill, like at the at the bars up there. Um, let me think of some bands: Sperm, Butts, Pony Time, Spider. I love these names. <laughs> What's Spider? What's Spider and the Webs. No, that was Great Spiders. Great Spiders. Yeah. There's like there was a really good like loud rock scene that kind of comes from the like late 80s early 90s seattle the grunge the punk bands Did that I... that energy stuck around um didn't you used to go to metal shows yeah it's such a old <laughs> blurry memory now kind of forgot about that and around <laughs> the same time everyone in olympia was super into black metal around the same time when uh Mount Airy started putting out those really fuzzy, loud albums. Hmm. And uh, there's something about like living out in the dark, wet woods and just like listening to drone metal. Like that was really big energy for a while. Totally. I, I'm um, sure it still is too. But then when I came up here, I found that like indie scene I was talking about, the DIY people, the kids playing acoustic guitars and weird keyboards and all that stuff and making little ramshackle home recordings and sharing them and I was like oh that's a totally different world and um, I think they just both I think they're both still totally alive equally right like you said just one eighth there's like or whatever there's like tiny amp bands (laughs) the big amp bands totally and the no amp bands and the no amp bands yeah I uh, I'm not really into metal or dark darker music but I appreciate that it is there for people that are I think as dark as I go for local bands is Scott Yoder. Huh. He's like glam rock. So cool. That's as far as I go. Scott Yoder. With the darkness. <laughs> yeah, you should you should carry his stuff. He's awesome. Okay. He's got vinyl and tapes too. Sweet. Okay. Speaking of vinyl, um, we you know being a record shop, we gotta we gotta check out some some vinyl. Some of your vinyl picks. Are you, so are you guys big vinyl lovers? No. Hate it. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Um, I used to be better. Now I, I collect tapes. Um, I just find them more accessible. But okay. I used to collect more vinyl. I, um, they just got kind of expensive. Yeah. And like, I don't know, the tapes are just like been easier to like, you can get more for your buck. <laughs> totally. Well, I'll say I'm a vinyl lover, but I'm not a collector. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I'm not, um, I just don't spend money on the records. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a, <laughs> but what I it's do a like, money hole. I mean, I used to sure. like... Um, Going into the dollar bin for sure. I like yeah, pulling dig, out just the digging around, right? The old like reggae records or the random country singles, stuff like that. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, there are definitely some good stuff in the dollar bin, you know. But you like, know how I first found out about a lot of music was the local library. Really? And uh, CDs. I would just go get a CD oh, at the yeah, library. Oh yeah, do that too. That's how you did you burn them too when you do that? It, you can what? You can burn them too. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Oh whoa! You yeah, can take true. out CDs from the library and burn it at home. It's kind of. I mean, I would only do it like big bands that you know. Yeah, and I'd buy stuff too. Well, That's awesome. All <laughs> up, there was a bunch of K Records um, releases at the local library when I was in high school. Yeah, my library had some cool would, stuff too that you could find. I would just like scour through and look for anything from the set Olympia on it. Hmm. And I would get that. The local. I was super into the local music, yeah. That's cool. That's a cool way to kind of... And I had no idea what I was going to get, but then I would start buying this stuff at record stores the same way. We but... should bring our stuff to the library, although we might be out of CDs. Man. If they yeah, still if anyone, do that. If we can figure out how to get our that. get our records <laughs> in the Seattle Public Library, that'd be awesome. I don't know if they still do that. I mean, this was a while ago when we were doing that. <laughs> totally. That's pretty rad. Now... This this next question doesn't really have to pertain to vinyl necessarily, but just if you were, uh, I mentioned earlier, I like questions with a good setup. Okay. So let's say you're on a you're on a cruise, and cruise is, is beautiful, but it, all of a sudden we got a t- Titanic scenario. Okay, nice oh, no. ice iceberg, right right in the, I don't know. Oh, maybe you're in the the triangle. What is it? Bermuda Triangle, and there's so uh, not only are we going to sink, but we'll be lost forever. <laughs> no, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. You two specifically will be all right, okay. as well as two record players. And 
uh, oh, I, I forgot to mention this. This cruise is also a, uh, like has a huge amount of vinyl, as much as like just you can imagine. And so, what records <laughs> you you find a desert island, and uh, you, you before it crashes, before this cruise goes down, you're able to pick three albums. What three would you have with you for the rest of your life on this desert island? Okay, I'm gonna pick. Um, we're gonna go with a, a Beatles revolver LP, and then I'm gonna get that Marty Robbins Gunslinger Ballads, um, cowboy songs. <laughs> Hell yeah! And then, hmm, probably some something with like a a lot of marimbas or something. Some instrumental music that I don't know. I can't think of right now. <laughs> like uh, some like Latin jazz or something? Like like Tito Puente or something? It was Steel Drum Band. No, actually, I'm going to go with uh, a collection of Bach chorales. Ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, Dina. I don't know. Are you, I don't have you, that I'm copy of that. I'm looking up record names because I'm kind of bad at that. <laughs> Um, that you're consulting like Spotify, and then I'm gonna get Bob Dylan. <laughs> no, time I, I totally don't understand. have a Spotify account. <laughs> I'm gonna do a off mic clap here because yeah, um, don't, don't support Spotify. I'm just bad at remembering the names of things. Uh, but probably this is really corny and not that interesting. But probably Bell and Sebastian. Um, okay. like if you're feeling sinister or push barman to open old wounds. I really love B sides. Um. Also, a band I love is Dolly Mixture, and I like their Demonstration Tapes uh, compilation. And then maybe Cindy Lauper, She's So Unusual. Mm, good picks on both ends. Rad. <laughs> All right, so we're getting ready to wrap this up. Last thing I got for you guys is what I like to call a lightning round. Uh, you guys done a lightning round before? I don't no, know if I've but I've one. heard them on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so we it's have almost to, like uh, we're gonna go full game show. This is this is the lightning round. We're gonna so bear our souls. Basically, I'm gonna ask you some questions that I've thought of. Some music related, some completely uh, random, uh, in quick succession, and uh, see if we can get a uh, a look into your innermost psyche. Okay, let's see what I, what comes out. All right. Should we time it? We could even time it. We could do like 60 seconds. Oh my gosh. We're going full game show. Okay. 60 seconds. Give me one sec here. You're going to have to talk Are fast. You... Yep. <laughs> All right. I might have to say pass if I'm blanking. We'll keep this train rolling. <laughs> okay. No, no passes. No passes. No passes. All right. Here we go. Question number one. What comes for oh, lyrics or music? We already asked that one. Uh, um, lyrics for you, music me for lyrics, me. Music for him. Okay. When it comes to writing lyrics, pencil and paper or phone and notes app? Computer. Um, start on a phone, but I can't finish it unless it's on paper. Or voice memo. I like it. What is your spirit animals? Dolphin. Unicorn or squirrel or fox or something like that. What is your favorite song to cover? Hmm, like a rolling stone. We did a Cubs song that was really fun. What, uh, what is your favorite musical instrument? The Omnichord. A 12-string guitar. Trader Joe's or PCC? PCC. Tra Trader Joe's. What are you talking about? We never go to PCC. Well, what am I? You like that cookie. Yeah, I like the coconut lime cookie. <laughs> we go to Trader Joe's. We don't oh, go to PCC. The alarm's going off. Okay, <laughs> alarm's going off. We could let we could just we could just roll through the rest. Might as well. Sure. Uh, cats or dogs? Oh, I love both. Dogs. I love both. They're both both pretty great in their own ways. I do have to say, uh, early birds or night owls? Night owl. Early bird, but no way. You're I so grumpy in the morning. I have to get up very early for work, and then I can't stay up late anymore so it's my job's fault oh turn it into old man i oh, know <laughs> that punk life man <laughs> it's getting to you i know it's over it's um, over for me 
let's see here. Coffee or tea? Did I already ask that? I don't think so. Coffee mm. or tea? I love both. I'm going to say coffee, but if I had to pick one to survive, tea, tea would win mm. over time. Mm. Definitely. Uh, that surprises me. That's a me good answer. For you. <laughs> let's see here. Um, for the benefit of society. Who's your dream collaboration? What? Who is your dream collaboration with? Who have you mm, always I mean, wanted to yeah, collaborate I think with? Bell and Sebastian or we love They Might Be Giants. Mm. Um, we like Teenage Fan Club a lot. Yeah, those are great answers. Panda Bear. Cool. And uh, so last question. This doesn't. This is not necessarily a, a, a lightning round, but uh, what if you guys had a billboard? What, what would you say on that billboard? What would it say? Like a sentence. Would, I would imagine it would have some kind, some of Dina's beautiful art on it. But what would it say? <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know. Mine I had one say, idea come to mind, but it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> we could go with it. Mine would say planet Earth, and it would be in cursive. I like that. Heck yeah. Mine is a borrowed idea from a borrowed idea. It's a song lyric from an artist I like who borrowed it from a candy company, which is Taste the Rainbow. <laughs> so not an original idea, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. Well, thank you guys for coming out, just talking about music, you know, and just and, and thank you for making your music. And also thanks for for printing your 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 debut on, on vinyl. Like, oh yeah! I don't know. That's it's it's a process, and I know it's uh, you know, not not a lot of bands are doing it these days. So I appreciate it as a vinyl note lover, and uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming out again. I appreciate you guys. Of course. Thanks for having us. Thank you.